I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hello, I'm Johnny Owen, and this is the Best 11 podcast from TalkSport. Mark Webster and I ask our guests 11 questions all about their love of football, from their earliest memories of the game to how their matchday rituals have changed over the years. And at the end, they'll tell us their best 11, a team made up of anyone who's ever played for their club, along with a manager of their choice. Will they go four at the back with two sitting, or will they pack the team with attacking talent? We'll find out very soon. Our guest this week is what you call a, a rock god. Yes, indeed you do. He was in prog rock, a superstars, yes. Uh, but he's also played in some of the greatest songs ever, including Space Oddity by David Bowie and Bang A Gong by T-Rex. It is, of course, the genius... Uh, Rick Wakeman. Our first question to you is, who's your team and why do you support them? I've got a, a sort of a strange situation. My team is Brentford yeah. um, because when I was a young lad, my father took me to a game in the 50s, which I'd always wanted to go to because I'd been very confused for for quite a few years in as much as, I mean, you, you guys are too young to remember, but uh, the football results used to come on the radio at around about six o'clock. Uh, in the evening. And um, my dad used to go off to, to see Brentford and he'd come back and I, I remember it like it was yesterday at the little kitchen door and my dad would come in the back and mum would go, how'd they get on Cyril? And he'd go, oh, they, they won 2-1 or they drew one or whatever. And uh, and she'd go, oh, that's good. And then we'd go into our little little sort of dining room lounge. It's only a little two up, two down, lovely little house. And put the radio on because mum did the football pools. And when it came to Brentford, he'd always been right. It was, you know, Brentford two, when it was Newport County one. Like, how does he know? <laughs> how does he know that result before the radio wow, goes? Wow, special. And, it, and you know, when you're, when you're sort of five, six years old, it's that sort of thing that just puzzles you amazingly. And, and then one day, very young, mum said, got something for him. She knitted me a red and white striped scarf oh. and a bubble hat. And uh, and and I got and a, and a rattle they got me. And they said, you're going with Dad to uh, to football today. I, I can't tell you. I've never been so excited in my life. I don't think I've been as excited since. <laughs> and um, got, down, got down to the ground at Griffin Park and parked in one of the side streets in, in my dad's little Morris 8. And we walked to the ground, and there was the junior turnstiles entrance, and the and obviously then and the adult entrance. And my dad gave me whatever it was, half a crown or whatever it was needed, and I, I joined the little schoolboys queue. And he said, "I'll see you when we get through. Don't walk away when you're through." I said, "Okay, Dad." So I, I got through to the other side, and there were loads of people milling about, 
Uh, I mean, back then, uh, Brentford, this was, we're talking mid-50s, uh, there was anything between sort of seven and, and 10, 12,000 people there. Uh, so I was just milling around. I had no idea. And I sort of got pushed along with the, with the crowd. And it was those great days of everybody talked to you. Yeah. I mean, I remember mean, these people saying, uh, um, where are you going, son? And I said, well, I, well, I, don't, I don't know. My dad hasn't come through yet. I'll come with <laughs> I will be all right. Yeah. And went to um, Bramah Road entrance where literally, like a lot of kids, you were either passed down to the front or sort of pushed down to the front three ways. So you got to the very front. Somebody gave me a packet of um, Percy Dalton's peanuts, roasted peanuts, and I sat there, and just at that, at that moment, the team came out, which was just so, so exciting. And somebody gave me a programme. Wow. And so I'm standing there. I had a fantastic time. And it was uh, it was a... I can't remember the, who they were playing, but they, they won. And I know uh, Jim Towers scored that trick and Jerry Francis scored a couple. And I, I got so excited. You get you pick it up really quickly. And uh, at the end, end of the game, a voice came over the tannoy saying, well, uh, Richard Wakeman, age whatever, <laughs> five, six, seven or whatever I was, please make his way to a steward to take him to the general manager's office where his father has been searching for him. <laughs> so I went to, I went <laughs> and found this guy. I said, excuse me, do you know where the general manager is? Yeah. And they took me out, out of the stairs to the general manager's office. In I went, and there was my dad. He was not happy at all. Where have you been? I said, it's a good game, dad. It's really good. <laughs> and Jim Cowan scored four goals. And, and, and he and Jerry, they're so good. I got, I got summarily like dragged back to the Morrissey drove home in silence, walked in the back door, and my mum said, how'd they get on? And my dad said, ask your bloody son, I missed the game. <laughs> and and uh, I'm quite proud of that. And do you know, I sounds really daft. When the radio went on, I wanted to see if the result was right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, it was, what well, it was 5-0, it was I think. And, uh, and, and, and that was it. And like all kids, when you go to your first game, you're hooked. Yeah, yeah. And I was absolutely an utterly hooked uh, with, with Brentford and the school I went to uh, people either supported it was in West London, either supported QPR or Brentford. There were very few who supported any of the, uh, of the big clubs because it tended to be even more local. Yes. You know, uh, clubs that you could go to you know, and uh, Brentford and QPR, there was quite a rivalry in the 60s, quite a big rivalry between those, those two clubs. But um, that was it, really, and uh, and it was so it was all things Brentford for me for uh, for many years. And they got, and shortly after I started really heavily getting support of them, my dad and I went to every home game, and, uh, and there were certain away games you could go to because it wasn't too far. We went to Aldershot, right? Uh, mind you, that was a long way back then, and we did Reading at the old Elm Park, as it was. Yeah. Uh, Watford, of course, we could do. So you and, and QPR, um, Millwall. If you wanted to fight, we went there. <laughs> and uh, although I have to say, I loved going to Millwall, the old day, and I found the supporters great. They were really, anyway, it was um, it was it was very much localized. That's what you did. I mean, I remember years years and years later when I got involved in um, 
in American soccer when it first went when Phil Woosom started it over there. And I was asked by a, a, a journalist, he said it was at the time when there was a lot of trouble at, at, at grounds in, in England. And he said, why do you think there's, there's fights and trouble at, at soccer matches in England that, that, that only just seemed to have started to happen? And I said, well, personal view is, is because when I first started supporting a club, there were very few away supporters that ever came because it was too far. Yeah. There weren't really any motorways. There wasn't the travel that people could do. So you didn't get a big away support. You know, you. in fact, I can remember with my dad, uh, supporters from uh, uh, clubs like Workington and Barrow, when they were in the, in the fourth division, back, who would come down, just about half a dozen of them. And you got to know them every year. Uh, and and they, they'd travel around, they were retired, and that's what they did. Um, but it was only when the travel started um, that, that, that a lot of the travel started, really. That makes anyway, that, that's by the by. And, uh, and that was it, really. And then I remember uh, the season they went down, was that 60, 61, um, which was heartbreaking. Uh, it was absolutely heartbreaking. I mean, I remember being absolutely gutted. I mean, we're going down to a division I'd never heard of. Division <laughs> exactly. I mean, it was it was uh, I mean, it was not long after the breakup of uh, of um, Division Three North and South. And, and uh, I, things you remember, I remember the first game of the season that Brentford were away to Doncaster, um, and uh, I was on holiday with my mum and dad, and, and I can tell you exactly where I was. I was on the beach at, at uh, Dawlish Warren in Devon, and uh, I had a little transistor radio. And the football results came through and it came through, got down. I mean, it took about a year to get to the fourth division. They got <laughs> down to the fourth division results, went Doncaster Rovers nil, Brentford two. Yes. And I went, thank you. Life is sweet. <laughs> I want to be. And that was, and that, and that was the start of, of the season that will be the season I will remember forever. But the, the, the thing that was interesting, you, you asked me about right at the beginning of the club, and I said it's a bit confusing because uh, that was my local club and I supported them all the time. And uh, a long story, which I'm sure we get to later, where I, I became a vice president and a director. And, um, but then I, I moved around a bit. Uh, I moved to, I lived in Switzerland for a period of time. I, I lived in America for a period of time. I, I lived all over the country and eventually ended up um, on the Isle of Man uh, for for 13 years, and I've got a son in Switzerland called called Ben, um, and and Ben was very young, and he was he he, he was great, loved his football. Um, Manchester United was his his team at, the, at, at that particular time, um, and he uh, he was coming over to see a game, and he was coming over, and I was going to take him to see the game Millwall against Man United. It was when Millwall were, uh, had got promoted to the yes. well first division, as it was then. I remember it, yeah. And Johnny Dock, Johnny Doherty, who I'm sure you guys know, mm. yes. uh, was the manager there, and he was a former Brentford player. And I, I knew I knew John, Johnny Dock really well. And uh, trying to get tickets for this game because it was at the old den was impossible. So uh, I spoke to, to John. And he, he said, look, you can have, I'm going to be down on, on the bench, so you can have my uh, uh, seats in the, in, the, in the box. And I said, that's really kind. He said, there's no actual seats exist, so just come along and, and come, you know, come, if you remember the old Daniel, all cut that path bit at the back, yes, he did. said, and, and uh, 
bang on wherever and ask for me and I'll come and sort you out. I said, that's really kind. Thanks, John. So organised for my son. He was flying into Manchester and I was coming over from the Isle of Man from, uh, you know, to, to Manchester. Going to pick him up there, drive down to London and then we, we, he'd come back home and stay with us for a bit. And, uh, and I got a call from, from John on the Friday night. I'm sure it was the Friday night. Uh, he said, I'm really sorry, but I can't uh, let you have the, 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 my, my, my seats for the, for the game. I went, oh, my son's flying in from Switzerland for it. He said, I'm sorry, there's nothing I can do. Uh, and I said, everything all right? And he said, well, I'm not the manager anymore. Oh, oh that would do and it. And they'd, uh, they'd, 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 they'd given him the Spanish archer, <laughs> which he didn't deserve because he'd, he'd actually done really well for me. I think he helped them punch above their weight at that particular yeah. time. Anyway, let's buy the bar and bars. So I'm thinking, oh, what do I do? It's Friday night. I've got my son flying in from Switzerland in the morning. And, it, and this, is, this is not a joke. Literally... Less than an hour after I'd spoken to, to John, the phone rang, and it was Howard Kendall. And I was really good mates with Howard. I played a lot of golf with him on the celebrity golf circuit up in the north of England. And uh, I can't even remember what he called up, and he said, how are you? And I said, uh, oh, I don't know, a bit, of a bit of a mess. And he said, what's that? And I told him the story. And he'd just be taken over at City. he just became City. He said, um, look, why don't, why don't you come over here? I can't remember. He said, I'll organise it. He said, keep your son over for a bit and come and see a game here. And I went, OK. He said, um, is it just you? And I said, well, my young, very youngest boy, Oscar, uh, who's four or five, football fanatic. It's, it's, he's due for his first game soon. He said, bring him. He said, uh, we'll make him City within five minutes. <laughs> I went, OK. So I flew over, picked up Ben, we went to the ground. And outside the old main road, just along to the side, was the, the club shop. And there's all the kids all dressed in, you know, in the, in the blue and white and all the bits and pieces. And Oscar said, can I, can I have a scarf? And I said, yeah, come on in. So I took him in, bought him a scarf. And he said, can I have a hat? And I said, yeah, you can, you can have a hat. Said, can I have a shirt? I, I, and I just said to the girl, I said, kit him out, will you? <laughs> And kicked him out and walked to the ground. And I was met by Mike Summerby. Wow. Mike came know. down with it. And Mike said, well, that didn't take long, did it? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the, the thing was, City was such a friendly, such friendly people, such a friendly club. I mean, Oscar was instantly hooked and has been ever since. Even, even when uh, relegation came to the third tier. I mean, Oscar, were, the, the day they got relegated in the last game of the season, I think it was, a, they actually won at Stoke. I think it was 5-2. They won at Stoke, but they got relegated along with Stoke. And Oscar went to, to school the next day in full kit, <laughs> <laughs> you know, on his Manchester City bicycle. So sort of City became um, another club. Rock god Rick Wakeman is answering 11 questions about his love of football and Brentford. So, did you have a favourite player when you were a kid, Rick? I loved Johnny Brooks. Right. Johnny Brooks was a, a Tottenham player originally, went to Chelsea and then came to Brentford. He got, I think, two or three England caps he got as well. And he was the first player I ever saw do stepovers. 
and way before I mean I can remember when Ronaldo sort of came over to uh, to United and they were talking about his depots I said you're way out of touch <laughs> you're not even close to what we did at Brentford and Johnny Brooks was a real classy player he could put his foot on the ball and players would actually stand off because he was so skillful that he could not that he meant to make people look quite silly so Johnny Brooks was somebody who I just thought was uh was the greatest and I, I used to I, when I, I played uh, for a, a couple of, uh, of football team I played for a Harrow Boys team and a, and a couple of others and um, the first thing we wanted to do was do stepovers that's all I wanted to do <laughs> which I which I did but because I wasn't particularly skillful I mainly fooled myself more than anybody else listen if you don't know what you're going to do as they say neither does the opponent so that works yeah. Rick, we were going to ask you about, you mentioned earlier on about being involved at Brentford, being on the board. Uh, uh, and then, Could you tell us a little bit about that time and how you ended up being uh, a director there? Yeah, I, 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 can, I can look back now and be extremely honest. Uh, I, I, sh- I should never have accepted the, the position. Um, it was a strange time for me. I'd been a vice president and I'd, I'd moved to Switzerland. Um, and I was I was married to a, a Swiss lady, and unfortunately, when I got the call from Dan Tarner to say that I'd been elected onto the board, would I like to accept that? Looking back in, I should have said no, not the right time, mm. because I was in the middle of a divorce, which was, uh, to put it bluntly, expensive. <laughs> is, is is putting it mildly, yeah. and. Uh, you know, plus, it's a long way away, and also I was touring heavily with the with the band. Yes, and uh, it was just I just couldn't I couldn't put the, the the time in. I couldn't do what I was meant to do, and I was having too many personal problems to really enjoy it. And it was a mistake, and it was a huge mistake because uh, the, the, the divorce came, all the various other things that come come along with it. A lot of problems, a lot of financial difficulties, and uh, and that and that was it really. And so I resigned and felt very embarrassed that I'd even accepted the the, the job. I mean, I I was very happy as a, a vice a vice president, and I was very happy standing behind my road and behind the goal, sort of you know cheering along with everybody else. And I realised that it was something different to be a, a, a an actual director or an owner. And I I did. I had before been an owner of one of the owners of Philadelphia Fury in America, but which I'd enjoyed. But but really, I didn't have much to do except go looking for players, which I thoroughly enjoyed. Oh, wow. uh, because yeah. they, they had such an amazing staff there looking after everything. Uh, I just went off and and and, <laughs> and along with my manager Brian Lane and Pete Rudge, who managed the Who, who was also uh, one of the owners of Philadelphia Fury. We just went off and and bought players we liked. And I made so many friends over there. I mean, I, t- I took Alan Ball over, the, over there. I took Frank Worthington. Um, I took Peter Osgood. Uh, I, I took so many players. And it was just, I made so many friends. Because uh, I did have a little bit of a bee in my bonnet about some of the footballers who, when they came to their end of their career, especially... You know, those who've been involved with the World Cup and, and done great things for their club and country, they just basically ended up sort of getting a job. 
Yeah. Yeah. I thought this is disgusting. They should never have to work again in their lives if they won the World Cup. Um, in Alan Ball, who was became a very, very close friend, I mean Alan said to said to me, he hadn't gone to America, we hadn't have taken him. He would never have, have earned the money uh, and been able to do what he loved to be able to come back and work back in football again. Wow. That's yeah, as you say, that's I'm glad that you were able to help put right or wrong there. That's great, Rick. Can I ask you? This is going to, you must have a couple of bits. Have you got a favourite piece of memorabilia or a memento? Yeah, it's a silly one, really. It's a silly one. It, apart from all my programmes that I've got from the 50s, 60s and, and 70s, when Brentford got promoted that, that year, 61, to uh, back to the third division again, their local newspaper was called the uh, Middlesex County Times. I, I'm not sure it exists anymore. Now. And on the back page, they had a, a picture of the full squad and the headline uh, was Destination Fame. And I always remember that. And I cut that out and I kept it. And it was on my wall for years and years and years. I've still got it. Um, and uh, it's, it's, it's amazing looking back. I mean, and Destination Fame was, was, was quite true. I mean, it's, they've just yeah. about got it now. It took a bit of time. <laughs> I mean, it only took 60 years, but there. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, that, that, it's often not little things that, 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 that mean, mean a lot. It's not anything special. I also have amongst my programmes a programme uh, with John Charles' signature on it. The great John Charles. Yeah, he came to a, to a Brentford game and I was coming out with my dad and I, I saw him, big man, yeah. Yes. Uh, and he was uh, a lot of support, especially the kids were you know around talking to him. So I went up with with my program and I said, uh, "Please, sir, would you sign this?" And he smiled and said, "Yeah, absolutely." He said and said and uh, said, "Did you enjoy the game?" I said, "Yes, thank you very much." And came away. That was a big moment for me. I've still got that program. That's right. Plus another program which. Um, uh, I apologise to Rex and supporters, was the Tuesday night when Brentford beat them 9-0. <laughs> and I've still got that, I've still got that programme. Was it your fault, Rick? You're allowed no, to keep exactly, that. Exactly. That's perfectly I was, it wasn't my fault, no. It yeah. wasn't my fault. And I have a soft spot for Wrexham. Yeah, I like Wrexham. I wish they were back in the Football League. Rick, we're going to ask you about the Brentford playing, been playing fantastic this season and last season they got so close, got to a playoff final. Um, have you got a favourite player at the moment? Yeah, De Silva. Comes out to Josh De Silva. De Silva trying to make room. Oh, what a goal! Josh De Silva equalises for Brentford. I don't know what it is about that name, De Silva, but it's um, it, it seems that I, I mean, if I was putting a football team together, I'd sign anybody called De Silva because it just seems to be natural footballing genes in it. I just I just like the way he reads the game. I like the way he he, he thinks ahead. Uh, he always seems to be you know, a step, a step ahead of himself, let alone a step ahead of the rest of the team. And I just I just find him great to watch. You know, it's, it's, it's going back to the Johnny Brooks days when he got the ball, everybody got excited. Mm. Now, when De Silva gets the ball, I get excited. Mm. I was lucky enough to kind of, to go and do a bit of work at the, at the new stadium. It's a yeah. wonderful thing. You won't have obviously had the opportunity to yet, Rick, but, uh, you know, are you looking uh, forward to that moment when you get into the new home of Brentford. It's a new set of rituals. I, I, I am indeed looking, but I mean, Griffith Park, obviously, I know like the, the, the back of my hand, but I've been there, supporter, director, I've played on the pitch, you know, played in games. I've, I've uh, 
it was a very, uh, and actually visited every one of the four pubs on the corner, which yes, was a, yes, a very yes. famous well, thing for Brentford. Well, one has to, doesn't one? <laughs> I agree. Yes, it's, it's got to be done. But I watched the demise of Griffin Park, and I actually through uh, the Ertigum brothers in America, who own 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 Warner, WA, WA, yeah, and yeah. they they owned um, New York Cosmos. Ooh. Nice. And, and various and various other things, and they were the ones who encouraged me to get involved with Philadelphia Fury. But Nesswe Ertigan knew his soccer. He might he really knew about football. And there's two two things that are interesting. He he he'd been over to see lots and lots of games, and he he was terrified about the state of our grounds. And he said to me, um, "There's a disaster waiting to happen." He said, "You've got so many wooden grounds." Mm. He said, "You can't do this." You need new stadiums. You need sponsorship from big companies to to have have stadiums and things. And he said, otherwise, I foresee a disaster. And and of course, he was dead right with Bradford, and of course, with the safety things at at Hillsborough, whatever. He was so far ahead of his game. And he said, he said to me one day, he called. Well, I was in Canada, and he came up to see me in Toronto. I was on tour with Yes, and in, in and I said, um, you know, what can I do for you next week? Um, you throw me off the label or something? He said, no, <laughs> um, he said I, I want you to buy Brentford. And I said, <laughs> he said, I want you to buy Brentford. He said, I'll give, this is, this is 70s, remember. He said, I'll give you a, um, a, a, a million dollars. Now, when you consider that I mean, you could buy a club, and, and certainly in the lower divisions, um, put whole new teams and whole, you know, rebuild the ground for that. I mean, clubs were going, were going in serious financial trouble yes. for like 10 or 12 grand. Yeah. Yes. And he said, I said, well, what, what do you want? He said, I want you to buy the gun. He said, you can have who you want um, on the board and everything to, to run it. Won't interfere. He said, I want the roof. And I said, what? He said, I want the roof. And I said, go on. He said, it's the flight path into Heathrow. Yes. Yeah. I want Warner Brothers welcomes you to, to Britain. Wow. And he said, and we'll pay a, a, a uh, fee every year for it. Wow. He says, so off you go, get back to England, go and buy Brentford. And I'm thinking what I could do with that money, because that was a lot of money back in what it was, 76, something like 77, 76, 75. So I went to the ground, made an appointment, went along. I probably didn't look ideal with hair that <laughs> was down to my bum. But I went in and I had all the official stuff and um, and put the proposal forward and was told in no uncertain terms by a certain member of the staff, not the director I hasten to add, that uh, if I if I thought that uh, Brentford was some kind of cheap advertising hoarding and that some of the American fangled ways could be brought into soccer, then I had another thing coming and was uh, sent out with a flim here. And what annoyed me more than anything else was a few years later, they did indeed rent out the roof. Yeah, fly KLM, yes. isn't it? Yeah. KLM initially. Yeah. KLM, yeah. And I know I know for a fact for peanuts compared with what I was I, I was offering. And it just it needed it needed somebody uh like the current owner to come in and see what could be done. Everybody was frightened because uh, the ground got reduced to a from thirty odd thousand to to ten thousand and and uh which was tragic because I can remember that I can remember even seventeen and a half thousand on the last game of the season when they got promoted from the fourth division. I, I, 
I can remember 20 or 1,000 against Burnley in a replay. They had good gates and now suddenly it's a ground that's not befitting of what I felt Brentford should have. I did understand the problem because land around that area, I mean, it's ridiculous. It's not like, you know, you can just go, oh, there's all that land over the back there. We'll buy that for 10 bob and, and build a new ground. So to achieve to achieve what they've done on that space of land, yes. I think it's an absolute miracle. I did go and look at the, at the land uh, be, before they started building. And I thought, how on earth it's, are they going to fit a ground on here? Yeah. It's genius what they've done. It and, it, and it shows... It shows intent. I mean, I, how wonderful would it have been to have, have, have gone up last at the end of last season and then start the new, you know, the Premiership in their new ground? Um, but I think there's an, an element of, of a, a deliberate nature of not doing that because they wanted to wait till next season when the crowds could come in. Exactly, yes. and so you genuinely start a new chapter in the history of the football club. You, you've, you've got it. Part. I mean, I, I, I think it's. The nature of the way that Brentford play football, I think, will, will hold them in good stead. Because I, I think that in general, good footballers like to go, would like to go to Brentford and like to go, because uh, like attracts like. And uh, the number of supporters of other Championship clubs that I've met, because they say Brentford play far and away the best football in the division. This is the Best Eleven podcast from Talk Sport. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. You're listening to the Best 11 podcast from Talk Sport. Pianist for the likes of David Bowie and Elton John, Rick Wakeman is answering 11 questions about his love of football in Brentford. Have you got a favourite ever kit, Rick? Yeah, it, well, I, I have to keep going back to that that season that they got promoted that uh, from the fourth division. It was a definitive, as I like to see it. For me, the red and white stripes were just the right distance apart, uh, <laughs> and, the, and the black shorts, and then the, the red with the with the black bits. So it was just it was just the perfect kit for me, uh, how a kit should be. I mean, some kids have got so much stuff on them now, 
Uh, I mean, I'm surprised. You know, when footballers are, are all together, bunched together in the in the um, in the box, uh, how they've got time to wonder where the ball is. There's been more time reading what's on the other person's shirt. Um, <laughs> Proper shirts. I like. I like. I like that. That was the show. Well, there was one interesting season, which and I can't remember which season it was. It was certainly sixties, which was when the directors then of the club decided, for whatever reason, uh, they'd have a makeover of the of the of the team, of how they looked and what they were, and um, in the same way that Cardiff City supporters went up in arms when uh, they were going to be changed from blue to red, which they were for a bit, and have their name changed. I think uh, Brentford uh, changed their name for a season, on paper, that is, to the uh, to the Budgies. No! Uh, they did, and they, and, and they changed the shirts to blue and yellow. Like really? a Budgie! Check, back, yeah. check wow. back through your records, Good you'll Lord. find this is right. Supporters were up in arms. The yes. Budgies! And, and basically, nobody... Uh, wore blue and yellow. Uh, there, there were no club shops there, anything to buy. You, you made your own stuff. Uh, and everybody still came in their red and white shirts, and it didn't last very long and filtered out. But it'd be worth a little look back in time yes. to, some, uh, to find when that was. Well, check that out, the Brentford budgies. But the dead budgie sketch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the dead budgie. Yeah. And I mean, it was always confusing enough when Barnet were in the Football League and in the same division as Brentford. For the bees, yeah, exactly. Yeah, bees, yeah. bees, yeah. And the hype. Didn't work. We like bees versus hornets when we played Watford. That's a good That's one. A nice That's one, yeah. a good one. I like that. Right now, Rick Waitman, um, you've got a lot of choice, I'm going to suggest, especially because you've, the time that you've been following football and the teams that you've enjoyed. How are you going to put together a best 11 for us now, please? Well, it's, it's strange. I, I mean, for me, it's footballers that I enjoy... I enjoy watching that. That uh, I said to you before that when they get the ball, you, you get excited about it all. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In the forward line. Yeah. Um, and I'm going to get into trouble for some of this. I will tell you. Uh, <laughs> forward line. Obviously, I have to have Johnny Brooks there. Yes. Yes. Okay. Very Johnny has to be there because he's the playmaker, and I think he, alongside Ben Rama, the pair of them would cause havoc. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I really, I mean, I know we've had some great forwards in recent years and Ollie Watkins and all that, but Ben Rama, you know, I've got this thing sometimes that certain players suit certain clubs. Mm. Uh, Canos is a, a great example at Brentford. Went to, played brilliantly, went to Norwich. Didn't quite happen at Norwich, although Norwich were a good side. Came back to Brentford, great again. And that's happened with so many players when they've gone to, to clubs. And I think Ben Rama's a Brentford player. But there you go. Ben Rama, hands on hips, darts forward, right foot, it! Toto sends the goalkeeper the wrong way, and the Ealing Road end goes absolutely wild. And, well, I'm proud he's a West Ham player, Rick, but, they, but I, I, we, I accept your point entirely, yeah. No, I, I, I wondered whether you're going to make the West Ham connection there, <laughs> but, but, uh, I, I, but I, if I'm going to get really controversial, I don't think that... Um, He's being used right at West Ham. I think he 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 needs to have a little bit of a of a free role yeah. of going out and coming in. I don't think he's been I don't think he's been given that. But that, that's 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 by the bar. I won't get into an argument on that. Tony, who I know uh, has a score for a few games, but people forget what else he does for the team. I mean, he you know he made that that goal the, the goal against Newcastle. I think he's a good he's a good player. And I think he will develop into being one of those centre-forward type of players that defenders don't like. 
because yeah. he's annoying. Good, acquis- yeah. good acquisition, Ivan Tony. I agree with you. Yeah, I, I agree. Well spent, yeah. Now, now here's a strange one. Um, who a player who played for Brentford and who was um, beset by injury, had a lot of injuries, a lot of knee injuries. Um, but when he was when he was fit and good, was a, a great player. He, he was sort of in the Niall Quinn, uh, for, and that's Andy McCulloch. Oh right, yeah, yeah. yeah. Now Andy came from Oxford um, to, to Brentford and uh, played alongside Phillips, and it, it was a little enlarged thing, a bit like. Uh, you know, um, Dixon, Dixon of, and uh, Speedy, you know, Dixon and Speedy with the two and that, yeah. and that son. And, but there was, I liked, and I liked the way he played. For, he was a good foot. He was a good footballer. And and here's a silly story to go with it. My daughter, uh, um, Gemma, is married to uh, a lovely lad called Alex Howe, whose dad is Ernie Howe. Wow, Fulham. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And. Uh, and uh, it was it's great because I'd, I'd known Ernie before him a few times, so I thought, oh, this is great, son-in-law, son of a footballer. Thank you very much yes. indeed. That was a good one. Yeah. And then Alex said to me, uh, "You also know my my uncle Uncle Andrew," and I said, "Do I?" He said, "Yeah." He said, "You were part of the of Brentford when he was bought from Oxford to go to Brentford." I said. Andy McCulloch. He went, yeah. I said, I loved Andy. I said, beset by a few injuries, but a lovely guy. So I got to meet Andy and renew the relationship after a few years. And he's a great friend. And actually, he goes to Brentford a lot, loves the club. Uh, And he's a lovely man. And I think if he hadn't been beset by so many injuries, would have played at a much higher level. So that's your attacking part of the team. Yeah. now, how are we? Are you going to, they'll get all the goals. How are you defending them? What have you? Who you got the back of in goal? In goal, well, it has to be for me, Chick Brody. Chick Brody, wow. Yeah, you're thinking now, aren't you? Yeah, yeah very much so. <laughs> well, Brentford and Brentford. I can remember we had our, uh, the one of the first goalkeepers that they had when I first went down. It was Jerry Cakebread. And right, when, when when Jerry yeah when Jerry got. Obviously, a bit too old. And moved out. Uh, we had a goalkeeper called Fred Rycraft, and Fred was one. We all loved Fred, but Fred was, and I don't mean this rudely, or Fred was overweight. A big lad, um, big born, yeah. Uh, and Fred, uh, and Fred had a, a, he was a great stopper of the ball. People would have loved him today because any part of his body would stop the ball. Yes. But he, he, he often or not refused to catch it. If a ball was coming and he could catch it, he wouldn't It'd bounce off his stomach. He'd <laughs> stomach the ball out. And it was just, we got used to it with, with Fred. But Chick Brody came in. And the first game, it was quite a hard shot came in from the edge of the penalty area. And Chick Brody caught it. And we'd never seen this it's before. It <laughs> the shock. He got a standing ovation, and I'm sure he heard it and wondered what the hell was going on. Um, so, and, and, but Chick was one of those what I call um, safe hands. Uh, you always felt confident. I never saw Chick Brody have a bad game. His positional sense was 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 absolutely tremendous. Um, so, so I have Chick Chick Brody in goal. Um, and you're back do you want four. my midfield or defenders next? Yeah, we got, well, you've got five up top so far. So you're basically you've got your keeper. So we're looking for a back four from you. 
Well, you've got you've got keeper. You've got my five five forwards. Yes, and you've got my five forwards and goalkeeper. So yeah, so, so that's that's so, that's so, six. So, so I've got we're looking for a back four, probably a, a defensive midfielder. I'm guessing. Well, my, my five that I've got in the midfield, I've got Mel Scott, who came from Chelsea to Brantford, who was another Chick Brody in the. He played centre half, and he was just he just controlled everything. He was so so good, and you always felt confident when when Mel was playing. Uh, some, I'm afraid the next, well, not afraid, the next four come from today. Uh, Jansen, I think, is great. Yes, superb. Yeah, I, I think he, he, you know, it's he's another what I call ins- inspire confidence and uh, and, and knows what he's doing. Uh, Norgard, Dalsgard, and Henry, nice. And I think. If you could shove all those together, they could all be the same age in their early twenties. Uh, I think it would be uh, the, the side that all of the top clubs in the Premier would be looking over their shoulders and going, mm, "Don't fancy playing." <laughs> yeah, yeah you, a bit what, like Brentford now. Let's be yeah, honest. Exactly. As, as, as you're right, I mean, why wouldn't you look at this? I know it's, 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 it is interesting that um, what I like uh, uh, the other thing that I like about Brentford and, and Uwe Ross has started it to some extent when Uwe left. And uh, everybody wondered who was going to go in at Brentford. He, uh, he said, it's, it's fine. Uh, it's a system, Warburton, take over. And they did that sort of uh, the, uh, what I call the Liverpool thing a little bit. That the transitional, sort of wasn't it? Yes, yeah. yes. And it worked, nothing changed. He'd got it all prepared. And, and uh, that, was, that was great. And obviously, Dean Smith came in from Walsall. But to the same sort of, uh, it, nothing changed. The back room, the whole thing stayed as it, as it was. So everybody felt comfortable. And I think when Dean went to, to Aston Villa, uh, there was a bit of a, mm, what's going to happen? What's going to happen now? Uh, and uh, and Thomas has just been amazing. And the thing that I, I have so much respect for that club for is that I think, Thomas, they, they lost the first seven games. Yes. And soundly beaten in that as well. There was not even a rumble mm. from the board, the directors or the owner. Was, the only thing that came out was, no, it, he's the right man. And just just goes to show sometimes, I mean, I know it, sometimes it's not always possible for clubs uh, to, to give uh, management time. But if you believe you've got the right manager and the players believe he's the right man, then you have to give them time. And I think Thomas Frank has, has proven that. And I think he speaks well. He's very proud of his team. He's proud of the players. And the players speak well of him too. And I don't think you can get a much better combination than that. So would he be your choice then, Rick, to be the manager of that team? He would, actually. Wow. He would be. Very good. It's the new Brentford. It's yes. the new Brentford. New I ground. like it. Yes. He, would, he, would, he would be the, the, the choice. I mean, I've seen some interesting people down. I mean, I when I was a director, Chopper Harris was manager for a bit. And we had <laughs> <Yeah>. great fun. <laughs> but I, it's a different ball game now, management. And I think Thomas Frank, I I, I don't know whether it's because, because of the, the, the Scandinavian thing or whatever, but there's something about, about the way that he's always speaks so well uh, either before or after a game, always speaks well of his players, and and I, I just I just like the man a lot. Well, that's a that's a that's a fantastic choice, uh, Rick Wakeman. Thank you for joining Best Eleven. You've been terrific. Been great fun. Enjoy Rick. the rest of the season. I'm sure you will. Yes. Thanks very much. I've, I've wanted to do this since the, you started doing this, you know. So thanks ever so much. Delighted that you could come in. Cheers, Rick. Thanks a lot. And if I could just say, so if, if Man City can win the, the Premiership and Brentford can get promoted, 
that that's me done. He was Thank everything. He ate you. Okay. I was going to say yes. The best eleven podcast from Talk Sport. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, Hello Fresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. The secret to summer-ready skin is here. Osea's number one best-selling Andaria Algae Body Oil, clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity and transform dry skin to silky, soft, and unbelievably glowing. Its signature scent of freshly squeezed grapefruit, cypress, and mango mandarin transports you to sun-kissed summer days. Get healthy, glowing skin for summer with clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code GLOW at OseaMalibu.com.